it this weekend in the UFC changes craziness per definition of what can happen at the events and kind of in the sport a weird collision proving fighting um oh damn it our Kyle, it's our slogan's out proven wrong bizarrely mm. i don't know how we did it fighting i'm gonna say it this week and this week only fighting can be a mm. little dangerous outside of the cage which means it's time for verbal tap i'm your host kevin with me of course, Raph as far as it, Raph, uh, can we do like the compare and contrast? How are you? Mm-hmm. First of all, I guess. how are you? Um, okay. I'm better. WrestleMania. I feel better now. Well, WrestleMania was a thing and it took a lot out of me. WWE BJJ week might've taken more out of me, Kevin. Physically, emotionally, you and Joey Haas have unbelievable. That's what we should start with. Go check out the videos jiu-jitsu bjj combined with the insane arc of wwe craziness mm-hmm. and yes you can see the the devotion but you sp- specifically edited posted and then filmed several installments yes uh i mean the nice part about this kevin is uh you the listeners you know that there's not some person i just hand this over to and i say make a video the person is me so when i direct star act uh essentially olivier myself through this uh i end up getting really hyped with the guys and i'm like dude we filmed some really funny stuff oh my god that's so much editing Thank you for classing it up with the Olivia. Because I was gonna be like, don't pull back the curtain. You film it, direct, send it off to the Verbal Tap editing crew. It's <laughs> it sits in the bay about two to three hours, pending their turnaround sure. time. Sure, those assholes. They take too many union breaks. <laughs> so I I get back to my editing deck, and then every person is the same. They do this. They go. Hey, when's that video coming up? And you go, oh, motherfucker. Okay, it's coming. Uh, fifth. It's going to be a little bit. Um, Anyway, no. Here's what I love about it. When people register the excitement for WrestleMania and that we get to play a small part in that, it's phenomenal to be a a part of that. Now, can I tell you where my sadness is, Kevin? Where's your sadness? So I was uh, spacing out the video. So when I do it, I usually make a schedule and I say, all right, I should post here. I think this will do well. Maybe I'll post here. And I started this new job. And uh, that's one thing into itself. Literally started on the day that I was starting to post WWE BJJ videos. And I was like, okay, I, I can do both. You know, I'll start the new job and it's a little uncertain on how things go on your first day. So we'll see. I've already made these videos. No big deal. When I got to about Thursday, I um, I had an issue. I had a video I was really proud of. I really liked it. It was the second part. I think it was the montage one that I wrote and created a song of Joey working out intensely to the sounds of There's No Easy Way Out from Rocky Four, the greatest movie of all time. And um, there's a problem, Kev. That's when Conor McGregor decided to go bat fucking shit crazy the minute i posted that video things were going awry and i said well wait 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 hold on hold on don't steal my thunder here conor mcgregor this is wwe bjj week 
Now, I can give a fuck about UFC 223, but don't you take this away from me. And I'll tell you, I had to post a video or like a, a news article which can change the Facebook algorithm. But I said, oh, it's current news. Let's see what's happening here. Because it's not every day you get a status update that says Conor McGregor might be in jail. And your first thought is to say, fake news. No way he could be in jail. And then when common sense and logic kicks in, you go, oh, no, it's it's actually highly likely because he's <laughs> pretty he's pretty fucked up right now. A lot of people think he's on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. This so that was narrative arc. It's good narrative arc because that's the first topic. That's, that's going to be the first and only topic for the next 10 minutes. I'd we like need to, to just build a little bit to where I got when I got the news alert that Conor McGregor had been arrested. And this article, I didn't have time to like dig in, but was suggestive that he had ruined the entire event, which is shocking. I mean, it's one thing to just get arrested. It's a whole nother to somehow ruin it in some way and i knew nothing else and here's why we mm. lost a family dog we lost Bree, our 11 year old lab my parents lab family dog she's super sad it was like raf i'm going radio silent it was unexpected i know 11 but she's in great shape great dog super rough just like grams three weeks ago dog we're just Sitting there trying to grieve, trying to wrap our heads around what happened, and my phone just blinks. Like, I'm already radio silent. Raph knows this. So Raph, I imagine, is like, okay, well, I'm editing, so I don't have anything to say. Like, he knows what's going on. Boom. My phone shakes. It's like, what? So this is where we are. You and Mm. I have other shit to deal with, is our point. When the UFC decides to take its most aggressively bonkers turn ref what the fuck happened i looked away for like 37 seconds i remember saying i thought i liked this card um what did connor do okay you blamed yourself i blame myself but i do want to start by saying first of all my condolences kevin thank you uh it's terrible to hear those sorts of things as a new puppy owner myself you know those are the things you 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 worry about that you get nervous about and any loss for a family member it's truly tragic and and you had a puppy for 11 years uh having said that can i ask a very personal question Mm -hmm. um do you blame conor mcgregor for your puppy's death I don't. No, I blame him for the mm. distraction. I blame him mm. for me, like trying to sit there. You know what? It is his fault. Let's just b- wrap it in. Fuck that guy. <laughs> just does a lot of weird <laughs> ruins. Kev, up until a week ago, would you have ever imagined Conor McGregor attacks a bus? Now, when it, they say that a human being attacks a bus, do you know the image that goes through in my head? What? You know when the dinosaurs are attacking the cars in Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I imagine mm-hmm. is a report of a bus being attacked by a human. So instead of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, I just have a giant Conor McGregor. And instead of him making pterodactyl noises, I just him he's saying, like, me fucking money! And, like, shaking it, but he can't because he's not big enough and... Uh, turns out I was not too far from the truth. Same so, scene where Jeff Goldblum sees the water droplet. For some reason, he's at the front of the bus. 
Uh, you know, the dumb part about it, you bring up Jeff Goldblum, all I ever want to do is life uh, finds uh, a way. It's... I had to stop here. Anyway, here's what happens, though, Kevin. So there are so many conflicting reports. I message you. I, I have the text pulled up. It's at noon my time. And I give you a little bit of headway because I don't know what's going on. So I'm trying to put it all together. And I just say, hey, Kev. And mind you, I was very happy that I had messaged you that I had this great, amazing, like, montage sequence and you seem to enjoy it, which I was like, dope. I'm glad you liked it. I sang the shit out of that song. It's so funny. Oh, man. Kev, did you see this Connor information? Like, Connor McGregor, Artem off the card. You're just, like, trying to piece it together, too. You're like, apparently he injured uh, Kiasa because he couldn't say his name. And <laughs> God damn it, Artem. This card has weird juju. And... When you start to use the word juju, you know that it's not any ordinary card. Well, I'm still not a thousand percent clear. Okay, I have seen the video now. Uh, I'm no closer to answering the question. What did Connor do? I, I that, that part eludes me. I wish he would have stopped and been like, "Holy shit! I did not mean to break that fucking window," because that's where I felt like it went from people just kind of shaking a bus to being mm -hmm. like, "What the fuck is going on?" So, throws a dolly at the mm -hmm. side of a huge bus, crushes We don't even know that yet. We just hear word that Conor McGregor has attacked. Oh, oh, we're going day by day. Yeah, we're, yeah, well, yeah. We're, go we're going as well, far not as only I that, Not only do I know he, he attacked a bus, but they were like, he somehow caused damage to multiple fighters. Okay. And it so was like, did he go in and shake the fucking thing like and it was just like god i don't understand how does this tiny fuck get into this type of like why and i also had a moment where i was like why is he there mm -hmm. why is he there so this is one of those moments where i you said stuff to uh, you were blaming yourself for this i was blaming myself oh. because i said oh hey god willing we're going to have no more changes to this main event. And lo and behold, we would. But we wouldn't even fully know that This yet. is my fault. I definitely was, you know, a few weeks ago, months ago, I was critical of the UFC because I thought they were McDonald'sing these fight cards to use an affectionate phrase. You know, that's, that's fine if that's what you're looking for, but I just expect a more hearty meal out of them, something with a little more panache and decoration, depth of flavor. This one... I said, great fight card. It was just like, and as soon as I said, I was like, why, 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 <laughs> why would I do that? Like, and that's like, oh, Kyrie looks great. It's going to be just a three week knee surgery. He'll be fine. Don't yeah. just don't do it. Don't even give yourself that moment of joy where you're like, the UFC can pull this off. They can't. They somehow can't protect a bus full of fucking fighters from getting a dolly anyway we don't know that yet we don't know that yet. so there was rumor it was like it looked like you get a great <laughs> oh you should be now i'm gonna walk you through the process that i had okay yeah, let's pick up this when thing do you, when do we kind of know what through the process because it's all a blur to me i catch back up saturday i don't even look at the real 
Else. And bless you for that. I was because... just like, wow. And you then proceed to send me a string of lies that I presume you would like to apologize for in front of the listeners. I would like to know what lies I sent you. You were like, him versus Pettis, lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, ru- there's rumors of what, this person that lies. It was just like one gut punch after another. I'm not sending you lies. I'm sending you what's happening. I just can't help it that it didn't come to fruition. And I understand that I sound like a crazy person because all I'm doing here is telling you what happens up to the minute. Okay, so – Kev, you're also bypassing the fact that on Wednesday there was a shitty report that came out that said Khabib suddenly no shows today's UFC obligations. Oh, that Officials is where cannot they locate him. God, that so like then a year ago. They couldn't does. find him. They just couldn't, they couldn't find, find him. him. And it turns out, uh, according to another shitty source, and I never verified this, but they said he was just trying to cut weight in Natal somewhere, which is okay. the dumbest form of reporting, but we're used to that at this point, especially from MMA imports. So everybody fuck off. Uh, because the next article we put up was Khabib has been found emerges in just a towel cutting weight instead of doing USC obligations proof inside okay sure but he showed up for the press conference and we were on our way nope not so much the very next thing that we run into is the fact that Dana says we're not stripping Tony Ferguson Tony Ferguson isn't being stripped. The only <laughs> one who's losing their belt here is Connor. Connor is losing his belt. These two are fighting for that belt. Oh, you did text me this. And I got to tell you, at the time, I thought you had mistexted a few words. I was like, no. okay. And the way that they were saying that made what? it seem like, yay, co-champions. Oh, my God. It's so great. It is. And, I mean, we're co-champions of this podcast. We are, and I'm glad you said that. So now we see Conor McGregor crashes UFC 223 Media Day, causes chaos backstage. Now, we still haven't really fully had uh, headlines that say he attacked the bus. So when that happens, you say... Oh, that's how it was described? Yes. Oh, fuck. This is from our good friend, A.B. Kaplan, who's going off of other people's sources uh, that are live on site. Oh, um, wow. And it, it's become like a giant melee. This is when you know things are a little odd. That's now, mind you, conspiracy theorists, because there are many of you here, don't worry, we'll have time for your questions toward the end. The reason we have to do this is, for the time capsule of the future, you need to know what the fuck happened here, because we all went fucking nuts. <laughs> Nobody knew a goddamn thing. And everything you thought you knew heading into this event, even if you want to tie the conspiracy that said Conor McGregor to attend UFC 223 to confront Khabib, well, the whole thing that set it off, allegedly, Kevin, was that Khabib was backstage with Artem and he kind of said some sassy shit to him and grabbed him by the neck. And when I say grab him by the neck, it's in that like, oh, you're so sad. No, I'm Khabib. I'm so much better than you. Number one all time, right? That sort of thing. Connor, now at this point, gets so bitchy pissed like a true lover does and gets 30 of his friends, his Irish friends, flies them over to New York and thus the meme is created. Hey, I'm not saying what Connor did was right, but find you a friend who will fly 30 of their Irish friends to come and confront Khabib. Which begs the question, I have to ask you this, Kevin. If you're Artem, does that not make you look pretty weak? It definitely 
lowers your status. Okay. When your big guy has to come in. And it's also like Artem was fighting. Where was he fighting? Lower on the card for sure. So there's also just a real, why don't you go knock that person out and then you'll have a chance to speak because maybe this isn't like the time to do a lot of. And Kev, this is dumb because we're at this point where is we're trying to ask ourselves, is Connor just acting this way because they're going to strip him of the title? Who knows? We're apparently getting word that it has to do because he was disrespecting Artem. So the very dumb footage we have at the beginning is of them walking behind the scenes at the Barclays Center. And it's just some typical fighters getting in a scuffle sort of a thing. We don't have the full footage yet until somebody decides that they're going to show Conor McGregor picking up a guardrail. Now, why the fuck do you pick up a guardrail is anybody's question. But this raises some legitimate questions once they release the footage because we get more and more tapes as this goes along. People have asked one very valid thing, and I'll give them that. Why was Conor McGregor, through all this footage, allowed to just be the only person really doing anything? If you brag about the fact that you brought 30 of these other people, what's the point of bringing them? Other than to say, hey, you guys don't do shit. My name's Conor McGregor. I'll be the only one throwing shit. So I'll take the heat. If you guys could just rustle up a couple, like, trash receptacles, that'd be cool. That like, some real Those bounce. West Side Story jets and sharks. It's going to make a mess, big stage appeal, little impact. So now as more and more people are getting out their phones, we find out, as you mentioned, uh, there's Mike who got injured. Ray Borg apparently has glass in his eye. Um, we we just hear these things. There was even rumor that he had done something to shake up Rose and kill that fight. So now, Kevin, we're talking about one person, one human being starting to collapse this whole well, scenario. Dana was the one that said Rose might was shaken. So that's where yes. that came from. Yes. So now we're getting secondhand stories to the point where the bald father has to now make an appearance with the media and do what he hates the most, talk to them directly. And he's so bothered. And the media, there's only like two people in this uh, little mini scrum. It's in the back of some sort of little hallway, uh, some sort of little desk office at the Barclay Center. And uh, Dana's definitely like sitting there pretty angry and you can hear the media going, Hey Dana, tough day. Am I right? <laughs> Getting out there. And it's one of the few times I've ever felt for Dana where I said, yeah, not now guys, not the, not the time. He's super pissed. Dana saying Connor's done. Uh, to some accounts, Dana saying he's out of line. He will never condone this. Uh, Connor needs to turn himself into the authorities. He's now a fugitive. You've got people starting free Connor as a hashtag. And we're getting more and more updates to the point where we know Artem has already been pulled. Okay, great. Not a big loss. Was not really giving a shit about Artem's fight. But Mike Chiesa, that sucks. Okay. Then seeing Ray Borg. All right. Lower level guys who they should make some money, but they're not. Now, Kevin. We get into some real fucked up shit. Wow. I and <laughs> This is breathtaking because I've missed at least two thirds of this. I <laughs> so, want to point out that the original article like, 
What? The, the original hell? article I put up, though, and I, I stand by this, when I <laughs> saw just the headline that says Conor McGregor crashes UFC 223 media day, uh, I put up UFC 223 colon the shit show we deserve. I stand by that. We did something. And I don't know if it's me and you. I don't know if it's society. But, like, this world did something yeah. to disrupt the MMA gods. Because it's one thing to get a few problems. But now we're starting to go into this entire card is starting to slowly collapse on itself. Connor calls all that damage. We start to see more footage. We get to see him. It wasn't just a chair. It wasn't just a barricade he's lifting and doing nothing with. This man threw a dolly. At a car, literally picked up a dolly, the type that you use to mac and forth all of your very large items, and then <laughs> launches it at the car. Then you see behind the scenes footage because the UFC decides that they're going to release it, even though they don't condone this sort of thing. But they guess they want to tell the story, so whatever. And now we see people bleeding, we see people shaking up, everybody's got their story. <sighs> so you think this should be it. Now we get into the place where the very next day we know that Connor has to go turn himself in. People are talking about replacement fights. Who's going to fight who? How's this going to go? And then, Kevin, just for fun, funsies, bullshit, Max Holloway is declared not able to compete. And I want to say at this point is when I was like, this card has bad shit. <laughs> I don't remember where in the journey that it was so exhausting but to then through all of this, because the one person we you will notice not mentioned in the Connor melee is, well, we still have Max Holloway. Uh, no, we don't. It turns out 155 wall higher, which is crazy that that's normally 10 pounds higher than he fights. The weight cut has declared him medically unfit. Yes. And uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, the lady, the uh, New York State Athletic Commission, they said that he was cutting somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 pounds. So he was out from the fight and he does this very like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. I tried so hard. I just they won't let me do it. So now we're in complete and utter chaos. Now we're looking at maybe, I don't know, Anthony Pettis is going to step in. And Anthony Pettis does this very interesting thing, Kevin. <laughs> we're talking about four or five people are being named and it's not a ton. But we see one Karen Bryant who's normally unflappable when people are saying, Karen Bryant, what's going on? And it's about 8 or 9 a.m. here in Los Angeles time. And she goes, I don't know, but this fight's had four fucking changes and I haven't even had my fucking coffee yet. <laughs> That's usually when you know Karen Bryant's like thinking to herself, well, all right, we had a nice little we're going to let's see what this coffee. No, the rest sees that torn off. Damn it. <laughs> So now uh, we're looking at anybody who can hit that mark. Here's where it gets interesting, Kev. Anthony Pettis does weigh in at 155.2. Tells the commission that he's wearing underwear. If he takes that off, that's 0.2. But then it starts getting maybe leaked to the press, and I don't know the exact accuracy of this, that he asks for a million dollars and suddenly He's not available. They're also talking Paul Felder, but they said that he's not even ranked. Even though if you've watched him fight, you go, he's pretty okay. I mean, I don't know that he'd be Khabib, but I mean, we're kind of in dire straits. So let's see what happens here. But he doesn't and have glass what? in his face, so <laughs> he's up. The checklist. Do you have glass in your face? 
No? Okay, well, that's a plus in your column. Okay. Kev? Are you a professional fighter? Oh, thank God. Can I stop here and say, when Anthony Pettis, if this is true, and he wanted $1 million at the last minute, and did the smart thing of weighing just right there, because you have to be 155 exactly, or so we thought, but you have to be 155 exactly to go ahead and fight for that title. You think to yourself, Kev, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm right there. I'm 152, 55.2. I've got another try if I want to come do it. Oh, Dana, pay me a million dollars. And then he does it. Like, did he price him out? Like, at that point, just pay the fucking million dollars. You're just inviting more dumb shit to happen to you. And the... I guess this is where they went back to the lab mm-hmm. and called genuinely. They were like, well, someone fighting Khabib is important because here's where I guess. Let me go back. Who was Al Iaquanta supposed to fight? No one cares. Nobody cares anymore. Kevin, it was cool. a million years. That ago. person's been, they've disappeared. We don't, they are erased from all posters. As far as I'm concerned, they were, <laughs> They were uh, basically given a back to the future scenario where they just evaporated in a photograph. We don't know who they are anymore. It's fine. Uh, Khabib puts out a status update that says, uh, but Pettis is out. Unofficially, he want one million for fight with Khabib. And that's Khabib's official page, apparently. So whatever. At this point, it just says hashtag uncrowned champ. Now we're starting to get word, Kevin, when I tell you. uh, And I get a little mad about this where I say, are we all just waiting on Ali Iaquanta for this fucking fight? Is that what's happening now? Is it all riding on him? Did the commission shit down Paul? Anthony Pettis maybe price himself out, but still show that he's pretty much there. And now it's out. And you mean to tell me that fucking Brett Akimoto is telling us, just received a text from Dana White, Rage and Al, it's official. Khabib can still win the official lightweight title. Al cannot because he did not weigh in at 155 pounds on the dot. Now, I tell you this, and this is where you start to say you're lying. You are lying. That was a lie. I was that you, last part to test me and see if I, I would said, interrupt? I said, Pettis is in. Nope. Just kidding. He's out. I know Holloway <laughs> was out. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Paul's a possibility. No, Paul's out. Okay. Al is in, but cannot win the title. All right, Kev. Go about your day. Very sorry to bug you. Thought you would want to know. Hold up. Have new information here. I know I said that Khabib could only win the title. Turns out that's false. Also a lie. Also also another lie. Also win. But here's the weirdest part of the whole situation, which begs another question back to the Anthony Pettis situation, which is Al didn't hit that weight. But the UFC said they would recognize him as a champion even if the New York State Athletic Commission wouldn't, which is unprecedented. We're going so far into uncharted waters here that all you can think to yourself is say, wait, what? Kev, what weight division champion would he be? Would he go up to people at parties and say, hey, I'm a UFC champion? Oh, cool. What weight class? Um, Phantom weight. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say Bantam weight? You seem a little big for Bantam weight. 155.4 no, weight. It's the weight in which whatever Dana wants. 
So thank you. So now we have a fight. And fortunately, everybody makes weight. And then we just kind of wait it out. It's gone from a card with 13 fights to now just nine. In fact, in some ways, it's kind of a blessing because I didn't actually have to do any of the pre-card. Normally, there's a fight pass. Nope. Killed fight pass altogether. See you guys at five. Yeah, we lost four fights in total. Yep. Which, nice. That's impressive. So now, Conor McGregor, just to make things a little bit more interesting, he turns himself in. Who is he bailed out by, Kevin? Um, Hold on. You know, Sarah this. Huckabee Sanders. Ooh, wish it was Dylan Dennis. Pretty close, though. Are you so serious? Dylan Dan. Oh, yeah. Dylan 100%. Dennis back together in their most. Yeah, this wow. Is 100% like the Michael Jackson trial where, yeah, sure. Michael Jackson was out on the town with Macaulay Culkin and Bubbles and Liz Taylor happened to be there. Like <laughs> when I say that Dylan Dennis is there, someone is now starting. If it's not 100% karma or some other universal factor coming into this. Someone's writing this script. So yes, conspiracy theorists have had on this one. But here's what I don't get. When they finally show the footage, and it's April 6th, 11.36 p.m., that we see Conor McGregor uh, starting to attack uh, the bus. The big thing that people seem to say is this looks a little WWE staged, which, hmm, okay. Almost. My question is, what is, what if this... Maybe we can meet you halfway. What if we were to say that maybe they planned a stunt that went a little bit too awry? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the possibility? Because Dana being super pissed and then just as recently as Saturday at the post presser for UFC 223 saying, oh, yeah, we talked it out. It's fine. Even more than that, I want to sponsor this hot take mm. by North South Jiu Jitsu Underwear. Oh, I absolutely. think they'd be impressed by the snugness that we're keeping the truth. And the snugness, we should all be impressed by they provide for our thighs, which, sorry to dip into Shakespeare, I, I rolled into the verb a little fast. Look, NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com, North South Jiu-Jitsu Underwear, check them out, they're going to keep you dry all summer. All so at the lake, if you just want to look cool in front of your friends, because you know you're not going to be training, because you were drinking anyway, or training, right? That's the beauty of it. Okay, but can I tell you something, Kevin? Because yes. I, I feel like you just really interrupted me. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you about a great tasting, low-calorie, all-natural daily drink mix to help you maintain energy throughout the day. Not just energy, but focus and overall fitness and health. That's some proven nutrition right there. Now, guys, I want to tell you this. If you want to save 10%, you can do as follows. You can either use the code VerbalTap10, that saves you 10%, or fun twist you can use kevin 10 or raft 10 and find out which one of us would actually get more of you guys to use that code i'm just saying use raft 10 because raft was actually covering all of this all of this information is brought to you by raft 10 provennutrition.com and not Kevin, just saying. See, this is where I would say I think it should be Kevin 10. You know, for the pure, pure just pathos. Just because I need a win here. What a rush. <laughs> what a rush. No, fuck you. I can't be your fucking week. It's so sad. 
Fuck it. All right. This week you can do Kevin Ted. Next week we'll resume this. But what a um, week to need for this is an nutrition. Over. I gotta see, so Kevin, keep it glowing. Can I tell you if you okay? So we're if we're talking a conspiracy element, this is why it's weird because everybody seems to be trying to say they have this all figured out. They know that Dana's behind this. I mean, if anything, this had more of the footprints of Vince McMahon. This sounded like Conor McGregor was going to get out of jail, go into an empty room, and Vince McMahon was going to turn around in a chair and go, good. <laughs> and if anything... Slide Vince a cheeseburger is- with some steroids in it, like, <laughs> just as we planned. And keep in mind, this is the hilarious part of this whole thing. Dana was saying he was so proud that he got Brock Lesnar. Well, guess what? Conor McGregor went so batshit crazy it looked scripted. And everybody seemed to think, like, oh, don't worry, this is a genius marketing move. Does it make people more interested? Yeah, probably. More people will definitely have an interest to see Khabib fight Conor McGregor. But there's also a number of people who are pretty turned off by this sort of a thing, Kev. Are you, where do you fall on this? Does this make you want to see a fight between Conor and Khabib all the more now? This makes me definitely want to be a part of the next legal trial, and I think they should have to do it on the court of like public television. Anytime mm-hmm. a rich person does something, they should air this. I, I, I know. I know I'm old-fashioned. I, I just want to be inside the courtroom. This, to me, is a little different. And this is where people, you know, it might be staged. He did get arrested. So... Mm. If oh, this were, you know, if he's got all that money, he's got that Showtime money, that three, you know, hundred million dollar figure. I don't know how much he made. It's uh, people say he made a hundred million dollars. So they can't verify that, but that nine figure payday, then he can pay for all of his friends. It's just a slap on the wrist. And you know what his worst charge was, Kev? Mm-hmm. Mischief. Are you serious? That's a legitimate charge against Conor McGregor. I think there was like 21 cases. Okay, well, now I think it's staged. I didn't before, (laughs) but now. (laughs) Like, you know what it is? Like, Loki from the Avengers is the god of mischief. So he came down with one case of Loki there. We got you, buddy. Here's where I am. I guess let let me just classify it, and I think most people will be with me on this. I am the person that would be stage 10 fucking pissed if you got glass in my eye or face whole thing (laughs) anywhere above the neck you know what hit me with shards of glass likely i'm gonna get pissed do it on a two day before i make for someone like michael to say like six figures in that cage like this is a big amount of money for me and my livelihood and the people i trade with a lot of shit that goes into this so there's where I'm I'm calling it I'm stage 10 not pleased with the whole situation. And here's the other dumb part. We had a lot of people who were saying, guess what? Those guys are going to get their show money <laughs> when they say, oh, they're also going to get money in court. They've got it made. No, they don't. You know, the last thing you want to do, go to court, even if you're promised money half the time, because guess what? Court means you got to go through that whole thing fucking shit 19 times before you even get the model figure that you really are going for so yeah super fun sign me up to go to court a whole bunch i just love that it's it's a weird sense kevin and i i find this more and more about our society which is it's like a lack of the ability to take suspicion and add elements of actual 
logic and reasoning. And I know it's crazy to apply them together, but it's just making the dumbest causes without any form of basis in fact. There's so much inference here, and rightfully so in some areas, because who the fuck attacks a bus? So now we're at this element of we don't know what's going to happen. <sighs> Conor McGregor, he posts bail. He gets out of there. He takes a picture with the police, apparently. Uh, Dana was saying that some of the police officers were pissed because you know they really like Conor up until this point. And, I mean, it just opens up a very weird sense of thing. Here's where it gets even weirder, though. Conor McGregor's actions now make it so that all of us who are MMA fans have to explain ourselves to everybody else. When my dad, who can give a shit, has to come up to me and go, son, what the shit was happening with that MMA fighter? And I'm like, oh, I know. Then when you get Steven Espinoza from Showtime, who's laughing and saying, hey, you know, and they claim boxing is lawless. Because the UFC fucked up this time, which we all agree does not absolve boxing. That's not how it works. You don't get a free get out of jail pass just because the UFC fucked up. So, no, you don't. No, and no, Raph, that's thing. how it works. Go ahead, go ahead. That it is, is how it works. You, no, okay. come on. Just okay. uh, as long as you can find someone worse than you, you're you're oh. set to go. It's like even Dahmer's the, like I'm not oh, the Oklahoma yeah. City bomber, and people are like, "Oh, he's right." So let's he's just all move on. You color. I thought that too when I saw the boxing. I was like, "Oh, fuck off!" Maybe just be quiet. Maybe maybe that's the best thing to do right now because I don't think anyone turned and was like, "Shut up." Well, you don't think anybody looked at that and said. You know what? He makes a good point. Boxing's been really <laughs> clean not. these past year and a half. Uh, so, oh, wait. I'm sorry. What's that? The big fight that we were supposed to have got canceled? Uh-oh. Let's not talk about it. Hey, UFC, look what's happening over there. <laughs> so, as that's happening, but the mother of them all, Kevin, is when mm. you have Floyd Mayweather who says, Conor McGregor needs to learn how to keep himself classy and act like a gentleman outside of the cage okay where do we begin on this one okay i don't know kev people are dumb we're in a dumb phase of this world when we say that people make these sort of mistakes and you see that conor mcgregor fans are calling conor a genius all i could think of is did muhammad ali have to do this shit Remember the time when Muhammad Ali attacked a sled full of dogs just because he could? No. Remember when Rocky Marciano uh, basically uh, pulled over a train? Because that was the thing to do. That I just there's so many. Do you remember when uh, Floyd Mayweather took off that uh, air, air balloon and made people hot hey, air listen. balloon? Just robbed it and was like, "Hey, get out of there." In another case, Kevin, of oh, well, I'm okay. <laughs> I didn't do shit. You have Floyd Mayweather, a person who has been accused of domestic violence, now saying, nah, I mean, you threw a dolly. So some people were saying what Connor did is different than what John Jones did. 
which is a weird sort of debate to make because now you're going on a morality play of hypotheticals of, well, you know, John Jones ran over a pregnant woman. Well, that means that the UFC will probably bring Conor McGregor back. There was a reason why they never said they were going to strip Conor McGregor of a title. It's because he's special. It's the yeah. same reason why they didn't say Conor McGregor outright wasn't going to be part of the UFC, even though oh, we're so mad at you. And it's that weird bind. And I'm going to ask you this question, Kevin, because this was the thing that was prompted. Is this the UFC's own making because they allow Conor to get away with all of this shit? Yes, in short, because to use the best coaching metaphor I can think of, small likelihood that Bill Belichick is keeping Conor McGregor on the team, especially after this this BS. Um, you got to do something. Even I know they never really did anything with John Jones. They didn't have to because the law did it. So maybe they'll hide behind that if it's severe enough. Either way, you have got to suspend him. Don't you? No, because according to Forbes, and again, people, we put this up. I'm, I'm not verifying this, but Forbes is now saying that Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor 2 will happen in an octagon with modified rules per report, which that comma per report is the most important thing you will ever read, where you go, hey, this thing's going to happen per somebody else. We're not sure. Uh, I mean, that's at least what they're pushing. And somebody was saying, they're like, ah, it's fake. That'll never happen. I said, don't you do that to us again. We did that before. We know last time we Beetlejuice that into existence. This if, time we know better. What if he gets eight months for mayhem? <laughs> anyway, folks, that There's is no a little bit of a recap. And here's the best part of this. With all of that being said, that's not even analysis of the actual fights. That's just the situation that we were all dealing with. And it's an interesting thing to note because I asked you if you felt that that's a making of the UFC's own design. So the whole area where conspiracy theorists try to apply the theory behind all of this is, well, I mean, UFC's desperate and Conor McGregor's this huge guy for them and Dana would clear it. And yeah, I mean – so what if those guys got injured in the grand scheme of things? You put this pay-per-view on Russia. No big deal. We'll get through it. And it's just weird. And as much as I want to be able to tell every single one of these people, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I can tell you this. That Friday, as all of this was going on, in the many years I have been doing any kind of fight coverage or even interacting with people who do fight coverage. All of us threw our collective hands up in the air and then just said, you know what? I'm just going to wait to write what's happening because there's nothing we can report on. It's just happening real time before our eyes. And I, I'm smart enough to know that you don't say it's not going to happen again. I just hope it doesn't happen to this extent. So I'm very glad that most people were able to walk away relatively okay. I feel very bad for the fighters who got injured. Um, I feel like Ray Borg has shit happen to him all the time. That was the one thing I was like, ooh, he's just got a bad luck precedent. 
it made me feel bad for Kiasa and Thug Rose was able to rebound like nobody's business. But it opened up a very strange way, if you guys are really saying what you're saying, to promote and get people interested in another event. But it also causes some irreparable uh, damage from having to now explain ourselves as being that hooligan sport. So I don't know if this is like the next phase or the next chapter, but it's not going to surprise me when we see Conor McGregor back in the octagon, probably very soon. Yeah, I mean, I guess his weight's on point. So, yep. <sighs> anyway, there's no justice in the world, and that was proof. Do we move to the fights? Is that where we go next? <laughs> I think that is where we go, and I think we have uh, somebody who just woke up to talk about it. Hey, cool. We'll uh, be right back. Okay, so the whole week, as we've covered, batshit crazy. You know it's so bad when the most dependable aspect of this whole thing was our analysis. And in the many years we've been doing over under Kevin, we've had fights go astray. We've had fights that have gone to the very last second go down. But never were a complete collapse of several of the biggest fights on the card were just analyzed and shit-talked for nothing. So having said that, we ask our returning guest and host of the Jiu-Jitsu After Dark podcast, Chris Kloviter, how did you feel having some vested interest in UFC 223 when Conor McGregor decided to attack a bus? All right. I, I think McGregor, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of who he is when he goes and when he goes and takes the belt off the table in front of Jose Aldo and holds it up and just says, this is my belt, you're just holding it for me. It just gets in the face of people he's going to fight with. I love that guy. But that's way, way crossing the line when you interfere with other people's life goals, their their lifelong achievements, and you're going to go rattle it up because you're, for whatever reason, like they don't deserve that. That's, you cross the line when you start interfering with other people who are trying to focus in on the most important moment of their life. You know, Hold I, on. I was, Hold on. You just said whatever reason. Okay? Do you call grabbing Artem by the neck? And saying some bitchy Real Housewives comment, not enough reason to go cray on behalf of your boo as logical reason enough to cause some ruckus, sir? No way. No way. That's not enough. See, to bash in a bus window and like potentially hurt people and they're, they're working on their dreams, too. No way. I mean, that's I'll tell you this right now, though. The relationship that Kevin and I have is tepid at best at least on this show, but I would at least throw mm, not a dolly, but I'd throw a chair, a steel chair for you, Kevin, because that's what I think of our friendship. I, I already told you, I would just aim lower. You can't <laughs> hit anything, right? Like, Well, I don't know that I'm lifting the dolly up like that. I'm not sure. No, that no, I, don't, I don't have that. I'd tear an Achilles or something. But along the way, I, I'm with you. I, maybe something light and plastic at the engine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like stab the tires with a pocket knife so they have to pull over. Oh, 
That's <laughs> those are thick ass not uh, tires. <laughs> I, I think you need like something aggressive. Uh, there was a, I believe it was like right after they had to do some emergency broadcasts. So uh, Ariel Hawani assembled several of the top journalists in the game to sit down and talk about it live on MMA fighting. And one of the things they said, and I thought this was a pretty good joke, which was, you know, in the future, how they always look at certain events and they go, ah, UFC 223 is going to for sure have a 30 for 30. They thought about it and they go, no, it's going to be like 10 30 for 30s to explain what the fuck just happened this week. Right. You're going to have 30 30s that tie together. Just the Khabib and Ferguson, like, never actually, the fight never materializing since the tough era. Like, (laughs) that's a whole weird, that could be a whole 30 30, the fight that never happened, you know, and they're old men still talking about it. And then tie that (laughs) in with all the other weirdness of 223 with the, McGregor 30 for 30 that'll take at least four episodes well there's two things that went through my mind that I didn't even really bring up on the analysis that we had earlier one of which was uh somebody called this the UFC attitude era they're like oh we're in the attitude era now which is a reference to the WWE's attitude era if anything I thought well you know Conor McGregor heard it was WWE BJJ week and he's trying to get in some really shitty videos (laughs) that apparently have not been edited well but my second thought was for whatever reason, I couldn't get this out of my head, but all I kept remembering, Kevin, was Lisa Left Eye Lopez when she burned Andre Ryzen's house. Yeah. There's a very famous episode of Behind the Music where I think it was Chili of the group who goes, Lisa, I'm burning the house down. And that's all that kept happening in my head was when Connor Dunn burned the house down. Mm mm. So this was just like that, says Andre Ryzen. Just just exactly like that. Because of like, how did that happen? How did we get here? So now that we've kind of gotten your contextual feel of that, Chris, I mean, what did you feel at least about Rage now? Because we're going to get into the performance of him soon. But there's a lot of props to be given to him because he came and really took a fight that's in many ways unwinnable and said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, well, he's, he's already talked about quitting fighting to go be a full-time realtor, you know, and he gets his one shot straight to the top. Hey, this is everything you've ever said you wanted. You constantly, you know, he is, he, he's always saying like, he doesn't get the respect he deserves or whatever. And they give him, Hey, you want a title shot? What is he supposed to say? He has to say yes to that. And, you know, I mean, you have the toughest title shot probably out there right now. But I don't know, maybe there's a lot of great chance right now. But it's a it's a beating, and he knows it, I'm sure. But you got to say yes. And I, hats off to him for saving the card, kind of. I really, I still bought the card for the Rose, uh, you know, on a fight. But. Well, that was where my money was going. That's fine. Kevin, now you're at least at this point starting to kind of watch some of the fights. You get some opportunity to catch up with things. Um, you got to see what it is that we had for the main event. Mm-hmm. What was your interpretation of the five-round exhibition match that we had? The five-round exhibition match? Mm-hmm. I don't understand the context. Are you talking about Nurmagomedov Iaquanta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main oh. event was not technically a championship match both ways. There's only a championship match for Khabib. If Iaquanta win, he won, he wouldn't be a champion because he was point two over. 
oh, contraire, you should have checked the contract a little bit more. He would have been recognized by the UFC as a champion, but not by the Athletic State Commission, which is kind of the equivalent of like winning what I like to call the, hey, big guy championship. Like it's something that you do to like an animal or a puppy. You're like, oh, what what kind of a puppy is that? He's a champion. Look at you, big champion puppy. You. That's essentially. I don't know. I, I would I would wear that UFC gold strap. I'd put it around his waist. If they're gonna call him the champ, call him the champ. Put it around his waist. What's the New York State Athletic Commission gonna do? What, are you gonna go to his house and take it from him? You gonna you gonna wait for him at the borders of New York and at the airports? And if he shows up with a belt, you arrest him for. Wearing an unrecognized belt, you know they have no, they have no power here. Call the fucking champ, done. To be fair, I don't know if you see me, but I wear a very plastic championship belt with no problems, uh, so I, I don't have issue with that. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, Kevin, what did you think of the five round fight? I just love Chris's power. Well, I think the fact that we're not talking about the fight kind of tells you all you need. <laughs> we're still. Just, I was more amused by Chris's anecdote. Call him whenever you want, uh, as I was the fight. It was fine. Khabib's better. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm sorry. Khabib's Go on. Fighter. What was the deal with the... Mm, like, I don't understand what that is. Who are you talking to? That's you. Who else made... Mm, I didn't hear Kevin make it. Mm, what does that mean? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't remember when I made it. Oh, Khabib, <laughs> when you said Khabib's better? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Khabib, Khabib is better, maybe, but trying to, like, <laughs> figure out how to beat No, no, I mean, like, is that the best Khabib we could have seen that night, or no. could Khabib be better than that? That's a better Khabib... version of that. Huh? That's a better version of that. Chris, I just like the idea that you just made a noise, and you didn't even know what you made it for. It was just like, what's that noise? You're like, I don't know. Did I make a noise? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I've got resting bitch face. <laughs> In the vocals, I didn't even know. Um, no, was that the best Khabib? Yes. Here's the uh, in metaphor: the sense that he was there and gave us a thing. But if actually, you're Tony Ferguson and you're watching that fight, then you say, "I found holes." If you're Conor McGregor and you're watching that fight, you go, "Oh, I'm going to beat this guy." But Kev, I want to hear your metaphor, and then I'm going to throw a question back at you. No, I was just I bought accidentally. And I didn't know it until someone pointed oh. it out. Non-alcoholic beer. No. Yeah. So not only did I have at the end of all that, it was like, oh, massive bummer. And it wasn't very good. That's how this was. <laughs> <laughs> so my question, and I'll post this to you first, Chris. The reason I wanted to say that whole part about Khabib not looking at his best, was he letting Al have a little bit more dignity in this fight than he should have because I think people may have confused the fact that Khabib was not at his quote-unquote best but he seemed to have a lot of respect for Al in the sense where he knew he was outclassing him those very very quick low singles that he was shooting uh, for those like ankle picks were with no problems at the very beginning and Al's a tough son of a bitch so he was able to endure it but even when he was starting to kind of connect with Khabib, it really wasn't with anything that you felt threatened with, or at least I didn't. Is that what you came away with? Well, first of all, Al, Al was sitting really low in the pocket for 
a majority of the fight, making it really tough to, sh- to wrestle with him. Mm. And Al's got good enough wrestling and uh, to know how to at least give a tired Khabib a hard time. And that's mm. kind of what happened. He, they worked the feet, he worked the feet. And I think he was going to take the first. He knows it could go five rounds. He's gonna take, he can't go the blast in the first two rounds just looking for every takedown, every slam, you know. We all have done stand-up to know that that's one of the more tiring aspects of grappling is going through those constant that chain wrestling series and the and the fight for the to get him to the ground. So maybe he wants to stand up and jab and work his boxing. He's like, you know what? I feel really comfortable here. I'm just gonna do this for a while and I'm I'm out pointing him, so why not? And then later on he's like, oh, I better really secure this round and go back to where I'm comfortable. I'm getting tired, my shoulders are getting tired. Then he starts going for the the takedowns, but Al's sitting in such a defensive spot and Khabib's that much gassed and, you know, it makes it it makes it tougher for him. He fought in a new dimension with this five-round championship stuff and fighting a guy he has no study material on, too. That's great. I do have one issue on this, which is Khabib had his back a couple times. And Khabib, when he especially had both hooks in, looked like he could have flattened him out and really started to use those punches to kind of jack-in-the-box the person to give that neck a little bit more. He seemed a little mm-hmm. bit more reserved not to do that and was just trying to kind of lift the head a little bit and trying to get... Uh, a little bit of that that positioning where you could get the rear naked choke. And it looked solid there for a couple times. And again, not any yeah. disrespect to Al, but it looked like if that were somebody else, if that were Conor McGregor, there wouldn't be that generous of a Khabib is my estimation. Do you feel that way, Kevin? You know, this did look like uh, I slipped away to cut weight slash get hit with one of those injections sort of tired could be yeah i i mean i agree with you whether it was him being nice which i don't know is in his heart or it was him just so exhausted he's like let's just take his back ride this out what a wave <laughs> am i wrong al uh and i i do agree there was there's just like an element of not his give a fuckness at all well, don't don't get me wrong there was still once he needed to do the certain thing when he was having enough of this sort of bullshit it was definitely him still going please submit to me now before i have to punch your face in please <laughs> allah is telling me that, that i must punch your face in I, I you must submit and give up now and i felt like that's the kind of rough translation my favorite is when they go we're trying to get somebody over there to translate we don't know someone get over there to do that um i'm sorry chris we cut you off what were you saying right before we went into that um you know i just think that he didn't all his other fights, he's got to focus on one guy for a full training camp. Just fascinate over, like, fantasize over just beating this one guy up. And maybe he's an emotional guy. Maybe he kind of like a like an actor almost needs to get into character, you know, like focusing on hating and wanting to smash one person. When he gets to Al, he's like, man, I really haven't, you know, like gotten to that spot with you. I don't hate you. I don't want to just smash, smash. I want to jib, jib instead. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing I don't want to see from Khabib anymore, which is his kicks. Because I've always thought Khabib's looked like a pretty impressive fighter. And I saw those kicks he was throwing out just because he felt like he could heat check himself. And I thought to myself, let's never do that again, Khabib. And I feel that's a weird strategy to tell someone. Let's take out one aspect of the mixed martial arts. I thought for him, I go, we've seen enough. You don't need to do that. So that was my thought on all of this. Now, what do we see, gentlemen? Because the world's bat shit 
So I don't know what's going to happen. Do we see Khabib versus Connor? Do we see Khabib versus Tony? What happens next? Do we see Khabib versus GSP? Well, we definitely don't see that. And I, I'm so sorry, Kev. I just need one second to just step out. I believe GSP. Uh, uh, he's pressed the button. Of course. Let's bring in um, retired, not relevant or prevalent in the current debate. But we'll see. Champion of the 185, I think. George's St. Pierre. GSP, how you doing? Ole, 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 ole. It's me, GSP. Oh, yes, it's very nice to be back on this uh, show. Yes, no? Phillips Kevin, I have one question for you, which is why you uh, drag GSP's name into the ground. What do you mean? Well, first of all, I am super relevant. You know Kinda. that because oh, no, I, I I fought once in five years. That is a uh, mas importante for GSP. <laughs> but I will tell you one thing, Phillips Kevin, which is this: Khabib, say my name like Beetlejuice. And yes, this is a uh, second Beetlejuice reference of podcast. But <laughs> Khabib brought me up. You know why? Um, another person with a very loose grasp on the English language. That you can associate with? Uh, that would be fun to, to watch us uh, trash talk each other, yes, no? Uh, no, he brought me up because uh, I am real number one champion in his heart. That is what he said. I definitely think you're real number one money fight for him, if that's at all. Hey, I mean, at least I won't be going to jail. Ha <laughs> ha, GSP slam. <laughs> oh, what do you mean him at 155? How's that work? You're going you're gonna to hop back on the youth train? Whoa, Kevin, what? you are one to talk, uh, okay? Fair, so, uh, fair. Let's both get on a scale and see how both are. Uh, there is a, a host on this show. Who is the other one? No, no, no. That's Chris. He's yeah, what's his deal? What, uh, is uh, Clavita Chris? Uh, question for you. Um, what is this? Sh- tell me the show that you host and uh, what is it about? Uh, champ, it's uh, called Jiu-Jitsu After Dark, and it's two people who talk about uh, movies and um, furniture and life in general, and sometimes Jiu-Jitsu, um, and we record it at a bar. Wait, you record at a bar? Yes, sir. It's a place where you buy drinks in exchange for money, GSP. Yeah. It's like a social gathering. Like. Picture the gym, but there's tables and then like people there, and yeah, then there's there like, everyone, everyone's wearing clothes. That's a good explanation. Mm, yeah, not interesting to GSP. Can I wear my valet tudo there? <laughs> yes. No, no. Oh. But, well, it's some. Yeah, you, there's some. I, I okay, now n- now we're starting to talk because uh, GSP wears some valet tudo. He show up anywhere, no problem. You look at me. <laughs> I, I train all time. I use jump rope. Uh, I, I have many different things. Kev, I don't want to take up uh, too much time here, but I want to tell you guys this. This uh, this one last thing. You're going to fight Khabib? No, definitely not. No. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, I very nicely told uh, Helwani B. Uh, I told him, hey, you tell him uh, he's got some things to do in the uh, 155 division before he fight GSP. Yes, no? You know why? Guy wins one title fight, and he's like, GSP. And it's like... I'm sorry, who? <laughs> I, I agree. You're not bring up the name of GSP. You fight one time. No. You win more title. 
GSP win that title. Maybe a real title. I'm just <laughs> throwing out small. Jokes. Anyway, speaking of titles and vacating, I got to get out of here faster than Conor McGregor at uh, what the courthouse. That's my time, everybody. GSP, tip your waitress. Goodbye. Verbal tap fans. Current kind of champion of something. George St. Pierre. Okay. Uh, Chris and yeah. I'll bring Raf back for us to Hello. all. I mean, we can transition away from the Khabib drama for a little while, right? I mean, we'll see if Connor yeah, posts bail. Yeah, we can fast forward through this. Let's get through these other fights, Kevin. Rosanna. Rosanna. <laughs> Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana, yeah. <laughs> the Rosanna matchup. <laughs> Rose Davidunas <laughs> versus George Zedrzejczyk. These two are violent human beings. I want Did you say George Zedrzejczyk? I, Joanna Zedrzejczyk. George Zedrzejczyk is her father. I Listen don't... here. Roseanne versus Joan Jett was one of the best fights Kevin's ever seen. It was, it was <laughs> Lily versus something. I don't have a grasp on it at all. I don't know what let's, day it is. Let's discuss one thing. This is the thing I really want people to take away. I know a lot of people talked about Al trolling everybody and looking disappointed when he lost the fight because hilarious. Uh, especially when somebody yells, it's a 50-43 and you do the womp womp face. But let's talk about Joanna looking at the camera and saying... How did this happen? So I'm going to ask the question. Did you think that Yoana won this fight? Let's well, the guest first, Chris, please. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 no absolutely not. Okay. She might have. She might have won, won two rounds at best, but um, the just the, there's no way the judges can give the fights the, the majority of the rounds to to uh, Joanna. She didn't do enough damage. Rose did more damage consecutively, round after round. At a yeah. minimum, Rose did more damage in, in three rounds. And that's all you need for judging criteria. All that stuff about octagon control, aggression, <laughs> none of that plays into factor. It's just damage. Now, Kevin, here's another thing. I didn't tell you this uh, last week. There's a few things I didn't tell you about, Chris. But, Chris, you've been a referee, yes, no? Yes. I mean, yeah, that's as good as it gets right there. God. He's so dreamy. With all of his accolades, <laughs> the firefighter, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, he's working on becoming a rock star too. Sure, that's that's next. Uh, well, but that sounds a lot right. of good certificates. At the end of the day, I'm five foot eight. I look like a troll. I'm just a terrible oh, person. God, Jesus. With a lot We've of now come back to the self-deprecating hour of jujitsu. Everybody, um, We're it's going to be done. Rose is a it's beast. Gonna- Naman Yunus, yeah. she is uh, she's laying in combinations. You know, it's one of those weird parts where people look unbeatable until they're not, and now it just doesn't look like it'll be interesting to see if Joanna Jedrzejczyk has that gear that we always look for fighters after they they have that title run. So she might not have it. Rose probably just better, and the women's division evolves rapidly. Rose Naman Yunus, who, who has had that? Who's had the fight? Lost the rematch and then came back and climbed back up to a championship. Conor in the McGregor. women's division? Oh. Are we really? just talking the women's division or all together? No, all together. I'm just trying to think of champions who have lost, lost the rematch. Because Anderson Silva goes and has a rematch with Chris Weidman, loses again, pretty much just fades into doing oh, I'm sorry. Things. Did someone mention me GSP again? Because has, I did uh, that. Oh, Number one no. greatest of all time. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that you are wrong. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> I think him. 
occasionally but I'm contractually uh, obligated to say yeah for the most part it is hard to come back but there are other things like the oh. mma game evolves and sometimes evolves away from you it's just the way yeah. it goes however joanna was still sharp like you could say that her statistics looked very well she maybe didn't inflict the damage but she put up good numbers and it was a great fight i'd watch that fight again and you know what we might have to because joanna went straight on the post presser and was like i can't believe i lost that fight I can't believe it. Look at that fight. Tell me I lost that fight. And it's like, well, you lost that fight. But kudos to you for setting up number three. Because when somebody said, ah, let's see what else happens to that division, I go, nope. Looks like, tell me with a straight face. We won't see that one again. I bet you can't. So uh, kudos to Rose. And I mean, I said this on my Facebook, and I really do believe it. I believe Rose's example is the perfect way of standing up to a bully. Because you had somebody got in her face, she kept really calm, collected to the point where Joanna felt so humbled that she was like, hug? You want a hug in the middle of the fight? I'll do that. And it's like, this is the same person who was trying to put her fist through your face when you were just posing for photos. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's, that's one way of standing up to a bully. But imagine you're a bully, right? And you're bullying some short little brown dude who I can relate to and he just beats the crap out of one of your friends and then licks that guy's blood off the back of your hand out the back of his hands while screaming at you. Remember BJ Penn? The primetime BJ Penn? That's another way to stand up a bully because then he'll never bully you again. That guy would never ever test you. Yeah, okay, bro, but I got one problem with that. Hi, it's BJ. Uh, the, the issue that I have, bro, is that like, yeah, I stood up to bullies but like, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> so like it's nice and it's fun and all but like oh no we can uh help me did i fight in the ufc for a long time yeah you actually oh. were about to again uh oh oh did i offer oh i offered to fight could be yeah. that was so loyal of me anyway i'm confused i just showed up here bye everybody i gotta eat a burrito baby jay thanks for stopping by we got to take away some people's phones, and then we got to give away more of them. And I like that we got to – it's a give and take. I'll tell you this much, Kev. What I appreciate about BJ on that episode was uh, he definitely knew to, like, get out quick. He did. He rolled in. He rolled out. It's like, whatever. Because he, he didn't want to get in the way of us talking about Dag Zabbit, Magershop <laughs> versus Kyle Boshanek. Dude, uh, this is the fight. This is the fight that ends up being, like – a fucking melee of an awesome fight. Yeah. What was his last name? Does it anybody was... does anybody have it really? Boshniak? No. The winner of the fight. <laughs> oh. No idea. Pepsi Cola, something like that. <laughs> Zabit Pepsi Cola, by the way, is for sure what we should just Zabit Maga Medshiripov is, he looks insane. And this is a compliment to Kyle Boschniak. That dude has a chin and can take mm. a real beating. And as a pretty good sense of grappling, I think uh, a lot of the blood and sweat helped. But Zabit is an insane person. That's a fun, that's a fun fighter. That guy's a guy who had to fight for something more than just money at some point in his life. Like that guy is a guy who knows what it feels to have your life tested. You can just tell the craziness in his eyes. And with Bojan was just like, I love this feeling. And it's two totally different ways of why they love doing what they do, but, or why they're good at it. 
But yeah, that Zagnat Battle Rupop guy, he is scary. Like he's just a scary looking person. And I heard he broke his hand in the warm ups. <laughs> so he's fighting with one hand. Fuck that noise, dude. I'm not breaking my fucking shit during a warm up. I don't warm up that well at anything. I do want to direct this over to Chris, though, because Kevin won't understand this. So th- this was an amazing fight. We're in agreement, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Again, Kevin, you won't understand a lick of this. This didn't come anywhere near, and it was happening at the exact same time on my 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 iPad and on my television, anywhere near the Gargano match. Like, I had Johnny Gargano, and I had Thomas O, and I was watching that, and I go, wow, that's a really good UFC fight, but it doesn't have a single goddamn thing on this amazing NXT TakeOver main event. I still have not watched TakeOver. I heard it's really Get good. the fuck out of here. Dude, I would cut this show off right now and tell you you have to do that. But if I speak to you and you haven't watched it, friendship over. <laughs> I'm Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it tonight after I get off the phone with you guys. But Shayna Baszler is the champ? She what? is. And she had a fun match. She actually, Kev, just to let you know, she finished a rear naked choke. Shayna Baszler, you remember from The Ultimate Fighter, now mm-hmm. in... WWE, she finished a match to win her championship that was a rear naked choke and grabbed her hair as if like to get an extra sort of gi grip to finish the rear naked choke because her arm was broken props okay that's cool all right fine but i know we talked a little bit about uh you know people who can take a beating in that last fight but i also want to talk about this i'm done for joe lazan i have checked out I have seen that ship fail, and I think to myself, Joe, you're an amazing fighter. You have an amazing legacy, but you did not lose that fight. It's a continuation of when he lost the last fight, which is just a buildup of scar tissue at this point. And his will to fight is amazing. But when you hear Joe Rogan saying what we've been saying on this podcast for years, which is, we're good. No, we like you. We're good. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want him to be just a vegetable at 40 just because he kept oh. fighting like way past his expiration date. Oh, you know, but, all right, so the only other of note sort of a thing that we really wanted to talk about that was the Oliver Abin Messier, who had an amazing and vicious knockout uh, in the prelims. Uh, the very few prelims there were because of that. Kev, I think you... And I need to have a chat real quick because we're about to get into some results. And um, I don't think it's looking good for one of you. And I don't well, want to say obviously. it. <laughs> I'm throwing a massive asterisk next to this whole thing regardless. Well, Kevin, you can't do that because we haven't revealed who lost yet. How confident do you feel about your picks, though, Chris? Not at all. Why? I don't know. I don't remember shit. I just totally guessed. Jesus. <laughs> I like the... That's the whole point of the game, Chris. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I hate to tell you this. I mean, I do like telling you this, but I hate to tell it to you in this way. You did lose. Five yes. to four to four. <sighs> this is bullshit, though. This is pure bullshit. This is real number one bullshit, and I'm—I uh, wouldn't—I've never. This one's ever tough heard. to swallow. 
one third mm. one third of the fights are are called off from the pick to the end. Listen, here's what you're doing. You're being Joanna right now. You're being uh, Joanna before. <laughs> you're being Joanna in the post fight. You were all bully, 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 and now you're accusing, accusing. I stayed calm. I let the spirits guide me through my pick. That's why I didn't. I just like I didn't brag about. I feel victorious. No, I just said I feel like you know I worked, but I let my instincts kick in, and I came out on top. You just can't beat me. I'm sorry. Yeah, one hundred percent. You definitely recited the Lord's <laughs> Prayer on last week's podcast, in case people missed that. <laughs> oh, <sighs> yeah. Kev, all right. So, what do you have to do, Kevin? To five star review his podcast and name this thing after him. Just bullshit. That's fine. I know it's not. So it won't be this episode because people have to listen to this part to find out. But on a future episode, you will have the podcast named after you, Chris. Um, I'm, no, well, let's hold on. Let's not forget. Maybe protest asterisks. You probably don't remember maybe about five minutes ago when you said, like, I don't feel very confident about my picks. Why is that? Because I just guessed. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, in character still. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Really good sell there. Um, Chris, obviously, we're ha- very happy you came on the show. Um, we do need to wrap things up. But before we do, I have to ask your thoughts on WrestleMania. I've got a few minutes I've carved out here, sir. Just word vomit. What did you think? I think Brock Lesnar is caught between a rock and a hard place now. I guess him and Vince had a falling out after WrestleMania. And now Dana White's like, yeah, he's not coming to the UFC. So he just, oops, got himself fired by two bosses, it sounds like. So, okay. He said he was going to, like, Dana White said he was pretty confident he was going to have Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has a match with Roman Reigns yesterday, which was a deep thud, like a terrible main event. Like, Kevin, it was just so bad. They basically had, like, Roman Reigns just bleed on his face, which they usually try not to do for PG. Uh, but they just had him bleed just to try and be interesting uh, from a, a basically an elbow from Brock Lesnar. And Vince got backstage. Apparently, they had a disagreement. Some people were saying it's because of the color, a.k.a. the blood in the match. Uh, next thing you know today, the WWE announces that Brock Lesnar has signed on. But here's the interesting thing, Kevin. He has permission to fight in the UFC under his new WWE contract. Did he win something yesterday? He did. He retained his title. He is oh, the okay. So he's still, uh, yeah, he is the the champ over on Raw, and he still shows up like seven times a year. So there is that. All right, keep going, Chris. You got to get through all of this because we got we got to get all of this. All things must go. WrestleMania, go. Yeah, I thought, uh, well, first of all, I want to talk about this match because I thought it was one of the best matches of the night was the uh, Intercontinental cha- title match, that was the good one. triple threat. I thought that was just an amazing all-out match for everyone. I went to a house party, and everyone was kind of still like, socializing, and I sat down and watched it. I was the only one who did, and I felt alone in that moment. But then when I tuned into the internet, I was like, here we go. Here are my friends. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> no, I thought, uh, you know, I mean, no surprise in who the – overall winner came out to be with Seth Rollins, but I thought the Miz did a really good job of just being that the Miz in that whole match. I think Finn Balor didn't get the chance to shine, and I don't understand why, how he went from the first Universal Champ to, like, I'm back from injury, oh, you have no work for me now. 
I'm just going to keep being a mid-carder. Okay. Keep in mind, those are all former champs now leading off the night. Yeah. Yeah, the Miz Miz wasn't supposed to be champ when he originally won that WrestleMania back in the day. He wasn't ready then, but he's ready now. The Miz is totally ready for the top. Yeah, Kev, he's he's doing some of the best work of his career. He's really, like, if you need a heel, he's he's doing a really good set of heel work right there. That little kid... that little kid was like, I love whatever, like Big Show or somebody. That little kid that went in the Hall of Fame, and he's like, Yeah. But I, more than anything, I hate the Miz. Like the Miz just got to that kid emotionally, like way more than a favorite superstar, like John yeah. Cena, whatever. Just like more so, like let me see the Miz just for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice when you got like a kid doing crowd work and being like, Where's the Miz? Fuck that guy. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask but, this. Rhonda, did she do it or did she not? She had some botch moments, but it's hard. You know, Stephanie's not the person who should be carrying a new superstar that you're really trying to push. You know, Stephanie can't carry anyone. She needs usually a little help. And she's not a lifetime pro wrestler. I think had Rhonda gone with like Charlotte Flair, it, which might still happen, that could be an incredible match. But, but that's why she you didn't build know. Huh? That's why you build to that. You go to that one. Kevin, just to give you some context, yeah. Rhonda did great. And she had Stephanie McMahon, who was basically being the most evil villain, pulling every trick in the book. Like, Stephanie, when you say that she's not a great physical partner, was the most per- perfect put-her-over person. And that's what the McMahons do. Like, I ate she- that up like <sighs> it was candy. Well, because you, you probably were a fan of became a big fan back in the attitude era, right? When it's stone cold versus Vince. And I'm guessing, and Stephanie, uh, definitely sold that whole, like I'm the evil boss and you're just the everyday working girl getting your, you know, like you're getting your time to like really just take it out on your boss. And I think that's a great character and Stephanie does a good job, but I think she's playing her old man's part. Of course she is. It's the McMahon role. It's supposed to be everybody's supposed to go home happy and watch the bad guy lose. Like, it's perfect storytelling. Because the idea is, is as she's doing it, she's adding the extra character of being Triple H's wife. So they're basically doing couples dating while they're getting together and going out there in the ring. They get a babysitter just so they can go fight together and fucking hate on people. That's magical. Yeah. Anyway, all right. picture them in real life. Everyone can picture them that couple in real life, like that couple that just, they park all shitty at the store in their BMW <laughs> and you just hate them and they're both. But th- you would look what happens when a McMahon doesn't try to be that way. When a McMahon tries to be lovable like Shane McMahon, it's just not working. Dude, you're 60 years old and you're rocking Jordans and you're coming out to that weird dance. You're all HGH out of your mind and you're wearing a base- <laughs> loose baseball jersey. None of this makes any sense. Shane, go some- what are you doing? Well, I think that's going to lose the last part of the New Jersey audience we had on this show. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) I want to point this out to everybody. Chris, we very much enjoy your show. Uh, We're obviously big fans of the work that you guys do, the memes that you guys do. We also share a mutual friend in KO Sports Gear who has been phenomenal in terms of their support of the grappling, the wrestling communities and uh, much much more so we send our shout outs to them as well uh chris where can people find you if they are so looking to listen to your podcast and let me pay this out here first for you who do want to go to listen to a show listen to us first then you can mm-hmm. listen to them yeah 
Yeah, that makes sense. Because you guys have structure and stuff and format. We don't have any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> because I want to make sure. We didn't point this out the last time when I was like, hey, uh, you know, we, we do this. Do you want to come on our show? And I remembered once I was like, hey, man, we need to plug something uh, for a tournament or something. Do you mind if I go on your show? And you're like, oh, yeah, we don't do that. And I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought you could at least have somebody on here. He's like, oh, we just don't, Raph. It's not our thing. Yeah, we <laughs> No, we don't. We're just two friends who meet at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so if people are looking to find you, where do they go to, sir? Uh, so we're on Instagram. It's just at Jiu-Jitsu After Dark. Um, and then a website, Jiu-Jitsu After Dark. And if you look up any any time on podcast, it's just Jiu-Jitsu After Dark for everything, I think. Um, that's it, really. Well, Chris... We can't thank you enough for coming back on the show. Uh, we look forward to naming an episode in your name. Uh, you know, we could always put it as the memorial version of him. I mean, the Chris Kovleder Memorial Podcast Cap, just saying. We never specified. So True. we're very happy that you were able to come back. It'll be classier than that. <laughs> There's my guarantee. <laughs> I don't guarantee anything. Anyway, Chris, thank you so much. And your uh, WWBJJ submission was amazing. So uh, if you guys get the Thanks. chance, go check that out as well. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. It's really fun. Props to you, Ref, on any sort of recap of what that bullshit happened was. I mean, it really is. <laughs> to just get to get a news alert's already unsettling when it's MMA-related because it's never good. It, it has to be serious. And this was a weird serious. It was like ESPN. What? I was expecting to see, like, I know it's terrible, but I was like, Giannis suffers an Achilles injury. I don't know why. I was like, it's got to be basketball. (laughs) Connor's arrested? I I don't understand this at all. So thank you for, uh, I mean, I guess thank you. I don't know how I feel about the whole situation, knowing it as I do now. But that's going to take us to the end of a crazy week and time for some shout outs. You know, I'll start. This is just Wheat Ridge Animal Hospital here in Colorado. Unbelievable. They did great work. Um, parents, sister, you know, good family unit. Raph, Victoria was very helpful. So nice to, to come together amongst the tragedy, double tragedy, including UFC 223 and the press <laughs> that was going on side by side of it. And, uh, you know, just a huge thanks out to in. This is a big one. Got some nice thoughts as I have surgery coming up from some friends at Jubera. I'm going to swing by and say hey to them. So, uh, you know, props out to them as uh, I go into the knife one more time. And that will do it for me, Ref. Uh, I want to start by saying shout out to the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA Jiu-Jitsu. Shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. Jiu-Jitsu Club. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 8 a.m. Tuesday, Thursdays, 11.30. Now, VMAC, I had a great moment where I was teaching on Saturday. We had a great drill session. My man Becker is just crushing it. Becker was like, yo, dude, um, leg locks? And I was like, gotcha, bro. I'll help you out. <laughs> and by the end of it, he just goes, this is so cool. And he goes, 
I now understand why you do some of these things. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, my God, you've been really nice to me. And I was like, uh, kind of. And he goes, fuck, I just realized all the times you could have tabbed me out doing this. And I was like, yeah, but you're healthy. Your knee's not dead. So everybody's cool. That's fine. But he just started, like, looking at me. And (laughs) now all this guy wants to do is straight ankle the fuck out of people. And I'm like, that's how it begins. Welcome to the side, sir. Anyway, I want to just, this is a blanket statement. There's no way to individually thank each person who did some sort of contribution for WWE BJJ Week. I would love to. But you know who you are. And if you need specified thanks, I will do so in a text message. Or I will whisper to a bird who will take a message to you and say thank you. I think that's how that works. I'm not sure. Anyway, what I'm saying is this, guys. WWE BJJ Week has been one of the the signature pieces that we do on the show. And we have so many creative people who contribute. And it's amazing. Every time I see a video, I laugh really hard. And it's really interesting to see people just kind of let loose and, and show they have a good time. And nothing makes me happier than when teammates or friends or fans or even strangers see a video and tell one of the people who did it, yo, that was so dope. Because those people feel so good. One of my friends, I said, hey, did you get good feedback on the move that you did? He's like, dude, people love it. I was like, yeah, our numbers show that too. People really loved it. So that always makes me feel good. Again, this was the fourth year of us doing it. We cannot thank you guys enough. It was, Kevin, it's proud, but it's also confused. And it's also, how does this happen every year? This is our fourth straight year of over 100,000 views on our WWE BJJ videos. And I want to say that's phenomenal, but it's more stupid. And it's blissfully stupid. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next year, we look forward to being back. Um, But I have one thing to say, Kevin. I'm not very happy about this. I I haven't really talked with you since this happened. Mm -hmm. You, You saw the end of this video, right? The end of which video? Myself and Joey's were feud. Yes. I'm not pleased. Um, I don't know if you guys have had the opportunity to see the uh, footage yet, but I lost the belt and I'm not okay with that. I feel like Milton is a, uh, a worthy opponent. He chose to, to hit me at a inopportune time and, and kudos oh, to him. I might not have seen the right ending. I, th- I thought you won in the end. I beat Joey, but that's yeah. Milton as I was monologuing, monologuing, Kevin, which you know is something you get to do when you've won. It's a clear, okay? yeah, winner's thing. It's a winner thing that you get the right to do. Milton super kicked me in the face. <laughs> and then Joey, having been defeated, did the world's fastest count. <laughs> and I cannot believe that I am talking to you now as, as a, no longer the don't say that wow. as as a no longer the champion the world heavyweight champion of WWE BJJ. However, I do have an announcement to make, and it's very nice. Yes, using my commissionary powers because I was also I was like champion and commissioner and owner and CEO. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now a traveling belt. So now that belt belongs. To the WWE 
BJJ universe. So Milton, I tell you this right now, you're going to learn the burden that that belt came with because now you have to defend that belt. And I look forward to seeing the videos that come on a near regular basis that show us where that belt's showing up. So you guys have always wondered how you could win the belt I have. Well, I guess I should say had. There it is. So I just want to say thank you for that. Anyway, that's all I have to say. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap Stunning News. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight, I guess. Destroy. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...